You're listening to the PT and the Gib Dog podcast, episode 58. It's our annual NBA preview pod, and we dive into the Celtics, key themes to watch out for, our surprises in each conferences, and our overall predictions. Let's do this. All right, with the NBA tip-off tomorrow night, how did how did it get here so quickly? How did it get here so quickly? I don't know. What a weird, a weird end of last season, a weird off season, non-bubble start to the season. PT and the Gib Dog here to cover it all. How are you feeling, Mike? Well, I don't know how I'm feeling, but it looks like you haven't shaved since the Celtics <laughs> last played a game that mattered something. Uh, I think I think it's been longer than that, actually. I think you look like you've. You look like if Kyrie Irving just let his beard keep going, 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 going. <laughs> he might. He might. That might be the next thing he stops doing. In addition to talking to the media, he might stop uh, shaving. Um, yeah. If people could, if people could see us zooming right now, they could see I'm saging in my <laughs> in my bedroom at my computer here right now to you know give this podcast good karma. Get a word um, out for evil spirits. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What an asshole. Oh my God. Could you believe that? Oh, I just, you have no, I rewound and recorded that. I don't know how many times to make sure I got the video right to send to so many different people when I was watching the open. And the best part about it is Mike Gorman loves making fun of him too. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it was, it was just, I can't even do it justice. I'm not even going to attempt to repeat it, but Mike Gorman's one liner just about it was just fantastic. So um, it's, it's, it's just too bad that Kyrie, I mean, Mike Gorman's hate for Kyrie Irving has not been um, he's not hidden that whatsoever since Kyrie has left Boston. So you can tell that when Kyrie was here, Mike Gorman could not stand that guy. You can just tell. Absolutely. And Mike Gorman is like one of the biggest Celtic guys, probably the biggest now since Tommy Heitzen's passed away. So if you play for the Celtics, Mike Gorman doesn't like you. There must really be something wrong. with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we. We saw that that was the first time he played at the Garden since the game we went to, Game Four. That's right. Months. Oh God, I don't know how long ago that was now, but I think as, as it we, seems like a long time ago when people were crowded about, in NBA arenas. You know, exactly. Seems like forever. <laughs> and as we joke about, Kyrie left that game before we did. Um, which he is did because he did. He left the he court. Did. That's very true. Which fun. Um, and then some people would have said we stayed too long, but <laughs> we have hope. Okay. We have hope. We have hope. <laughs> um, and then I went to the second Nets game last March, which is, I think, the second or third to last game before things shut down, um, anticipating Kyrie playing, but he had, you know, had his annual injury to miss the rest of the year, and uh, that was a terrible game. Let's not relive that. I think you, you probably remember this because your memory is absurd, but uh, the Nets scored over 50 in the fourth quarter. I think Karras yes. had 35 himself. Um, mm-hmm. I left early, and from that one, Durkin and I, we left early because it was like a eight-point lead with 12 seconds left, and we somehow lost in overtime, but I was happy I won. Smart move on your part. Yeah, that was a good move. But anyways, sad to have Kyrie come back into the house with no with no fans to uh, let him know how we feel about him. But uh, Kyrie, Kyrie coming, Kyrie coming back is only Kyrie knows how to do, like you said, when there's no fans. So oh man, so good. So, so good. we'll still have that first one when it does. I mean, they're not going to let him off the hook. So no. he's going to have to play here eventually in front of fans at some point, whether it's this season, whether it's next season, whether it's two seasons from now, because he finds. Um, a couple injuries next year. Um, you know, you got to almost root for them playing in the playoffs because you know he he, he can't miss those games. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe that'll happen sooner than maybe a playoff game. Maybe yeah. Uh, I just hope it's not, I just hope it's not this year. And I'm not. I know the other night was small sample size, but um, we do not match up well against Brooklyn. No. Um, not very not very well. I, I I would say. Well, yeah. Well, we well, we can start there and dive in on the Celtics. I guess th- things for us to talk through today after we. Start with the Celtics. We'll we'll talk su- through some of the themes we're looking for at the NBA season, which kicks off tomorrow. Talk through some of our surprise teams and um, end with predictions. We'll see if we can do better than last year. Um, we'll also likely, hopefully, have an appearance from uh, our buddy Kepler, Wizards super fan. I, I definitely want to hear his perspective on the Westbrook trade uh, as he pops into this pod at some point. Uh, but yeah, let's start at the Celts. I think you've watched a little bit more of the two preseason matches than me. Um, it, it was a fun disjointed playoff run beating the Sixers outlasting the Raptors and um, kind of just getting worked by, by the heat. So um, fun team though. And I think I know I still have good memories of that group, I guess from 
watching the the preseason beyond the fact that Kemba's out, um, never like to hear stem cell injection, but smart people know what they're doing. Hopefully, Works for Kobe. Trust it. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I guess, guess, what are you seeing in terms of the early? Like, how, how is this team going to differ from what we saw toward the end of last year? Well, it's it, it's clear, and I think certainly with the departure of Gordon Hayward, um, and obviously Kemba Walker being on the shelf to start the season, that it's um, it's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's team. And I think even when Kemba Walker comes back, that's still going to be the case. Um, you know, you, you look at the first couple of preseason games, uh, Tatum struggling to shoot from the get-go. But again, you can, you know, you can attribute that to a lot of things. You know, the, the short offseason, short preseason, you know, only two games to kind of get ready before you're staring down playing the Bucks and the Nets. Your first two, your first two games right out of the gate. That's kind of a that's kind of a tough draw, and especially when you're going to be playing those games with minus two starters. And I'm going to call Tristan Thompson a starter because before I think all before I think the season comes. Uh, comes to an end, Tristan Thompson is going to be your starting five player, at least playing is going to be closing games or playing predominant amount of minutes, um, you know, at that five position, it'll be Tice at the start, just because that's what Brad Stevens does. And that's the right thing to do. And it's no slight on Daniel Tice. Um, I just think, uh, you know, Thompson's going to be, you know, play a big role for this team, but, it, but back to what I was saying, it's, 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 it's it comes down to the Jays. It's as far as, you know, as Tatum takes that next, next leap, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite buying that he's six foot 10. You know, they're saying that he went through this growth spurt. He has filled out um, with, with each year. He, he does get bigger, you know, um, girthier, but in a good way, I guess. Um, and I guess that makes him look, look, look long, longer, I suppose. But um, he's definitely in better shape than he was three months ago. Just by looking at him, he looks visibly different in a good way. Um, Jalen Brown, a better shooting game against the Nets, but he really can't take too much from that from that Nets game. And you're really not going to know what this team is until Walker's back. You got to hope he's back. Um, but I think he will be at some point, probably I, I think February is going to be realistic when you're going to see Kemba Walker play meaningful minutes, um, you know, in a basketball game. And, you know, the quicker they can get Tristan Thompson back, you know, the quicker they can, you know, start establishing some, some chemistry. There's no chemistry, no flow whatsoever um, with this team. And when you're incorporating a lot of new, new players into it. That's, that's what you're going to do. I like what I've seen from Jeff Teague so far. Um, you know, especially the way he shot the ball against Philly, not as well against, um, you know, the nets, but I mean, he's going to help this team offensively and people knock him for his defense. His defense isn't that bad. You know, I mean, Brad Stevens has gotten some guys who don't play defense to play defense before. Um, so I think he's going to provide some scoring punch off the bench for you. And I think that second unit gets better if you have Tristan Thompson in your starting lineup, Kemba Walker comes back, you know, smarts your other, you know, your other starter at the guard position, but you have Teague and Daniel Tice and Aaron Neesmith, who I, who also we'll talk about Neesmith down the line too. I think mm -hmm. it's early, but I think Ainge actually made the right, right call at pick 14. Um, so we'll see if that, if that, uh, if that develops, but, you know, not what you want to see in the first two preseason games. Um, be scared of the Brooklyn Nets. I know it's just one game, but it, Kevin Durant looked pretty good <laughs> after his year off. Didn't seem to have too, too much rust. And you add him and Kyrie Irving to that team, how much the depth. They, they brought Karis LeVert off the bench, you know. And, like, uh, we've seen, you were just – we were talking before, just kind of, you know, you, you, what you saw him do in that game last season. I mean, he's the third best player. Yeah, like, he lined it up. This this Brooklyn team is very, 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 very good. I don't want them to be very good, but they're going to be very good. So um, the East got tougher. Um, you know, did the Celtics get better losing Gordon Hayward and adding a Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson? Not necessarily. Did they get deeper? Maybe. You know, is is, is your team a little bit deeper, you know, because um, you've added some more quality to the bench, you know, in adding, you know, a couple of these guys? Maybe. Um, but it'll be remain to be seen. And I think it's going to be a month or two before you really see it and they get to full strength. Yeah. I think what, one of the things that, that jumps out is if you go back, I guess, two years ago and three years ago, um, the, the one thing that came to mind was just how much depth the Celtics had where three years ago, they could get by even with injuries to, to both Hayward all season and Kyrie for the playoff run. And they had enough depth where, Tatum could make the leap and Brown could make the leap and Rozier was stepping up. You had Marcus Morris. 
um, and of course, smart. Um, and even even uh, two years ago, significant depth, but the depth actually came back to hurt us because there weren't enough minutes to go around. And you saw some of the the younger guys' uh, development stall out a little bit. You saw uh, Kyrie being being Kyrie and, and and being a little bit disrupt disruptive there. I think last year you definitely start to see a lot less um, a lot less leeway if there were injuries. And it, and it felt like someone was injured the entire year, whether it was Hayward in his hand, Kemba in his knee, uh, Jalen and, and Tatum went down for brief, brief stretches. Uh, and, and it was a little bit more challenging for the team to deal with that. So uh, I, I think lo- losing Hayward, it, it's too bad because he was so star-crossed for his three years here when he, when he was at his peak. Um both with the jazz and, and for some of those stretches with the Celts, he was a special player and, and could be that facilitator, um, decent defender as well. Uh, but, you know, if you can get Teague to, to hopefully fill those Walker minutes um, and, and Thompson's at least always destroyed the Celtics. So it'd be good to have him on our side for now. Um, the big question is going to be how many recent draft picks do we have from the last two, three years? We have eight guys. You have the Williamses, you got Langford, um, you got Neesmith, you got Pritchard. I'm probably forgetting a few. Are we counting Waters and Edwards and Taco Fall? There's a lot of very young guys on this roster. We need one or two of them to make the the jump um, into that rotation and and not be someone uh, who we can't trust at the end of games because it's going to be a a relatively compact season and guys are going to go down. You already see it with Kemba right now. Um, And maybe you don't want to play Jason Tatum all 72 games. Maybe you want to play him 65 games. Maybe that's okay. How are you going to make sure that you're going to get points from that? So that's, that's one thing I have my eye on. I'm not sure this team can sustain two of these guys going down. If you look at Walker, Tatum, Brown, um, smart, those four, Um, because I don't know. I, 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 the depth is not there just like it was not there last year as compared to the two years prior. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you touch on losing Hayward. Um, you know, the, the guy that when they, when they drafted Romeo Langford a year ago, I think they saw Romeo Langford as, I think people even often referred to him as Hayward insurance. If Hayward was to walk or if even if Hayward picked up his option for this year and then was to walk, mm-hmm. you know um, you know, after this year, Langford was that wing to kind of step in and replace Hayward. Now, I mean, obviously, you know, with his, with his surgery, I figured, what, what, what was it? He had a wrist or a, what, what was something? Yeah. I, I forget exactly what it was. Was it a knee? What was it? The early game he got hurt. Or are you talking about a more recent one now? No, he, he never even played in preseason and he was going to be on the shelf for the first couple of months. Um, so I think he would have been that guy, you know, of those young guys that you just kind of said there to, step in, you know, right away. And, uh, you know, you know, you know, kind of fill that, fill that Hayward role. Um, but that's obviously not going to happen right now out of the gate. So it's going to be, it, it, does that mean, you know, Aaron Neesmith is kind of thrown into the fire a little bit quicker than you want him to be. Um, the guy does have a skill that I haven't seen anyone in the Celtics have, and that is be able to come directly off the screen and shoot the three and actually make the three. Like, he does have a skill of shooting the basketball. He is like a pure shooter, but at the same time, more so in the Philly game, um, in the preseason game, you, you saw him actually actively crashing the boards. You could tell the guy's a basketball player. Like he's not Carson Edwards. You know, he's not any of these guys that Danny's kind of whiffed on, you know, in, in, you know, in, in, in the first round, I think maybe at 14 early returns are that this was a decent pick. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, I prefer you throw him in the fire and see then you know, see more minutes with semi Ojale out there, to be honest with you. Oh God. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm done with that experiment um, for sure. But you know, you're going to see him on the floor, especially you know, with, with, with a couple of these guys. Right. More than, right, right. Exactly. So uh, I, I'd rather give the air. I, I, at least, at least Neesmith has something you can develop and some skill. Like how long has semi Ojale been in the league? He can't consistently knock down a corner three. Other than that, he has no offensive game. So let's give let's 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 give Neesmith the minutes while Langford's still on the shelf. Um, you know that that's going to be the that that who replaces Hayward. You know that's going to be the question. Can it be a combination of you know Jeff Jeff Teague? Um, you know does you know I hate to say this does Marcus Smart certainly going to take more of those shots? That can either be a good thing or it can be a really bad thing. Uh, <laughs> 
our no, 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 yes relationship with Marcus Smart. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're really not going to know until Kemba Walker's back and if he's back at all, until you know the identity of this team. And then everyone's roles kind of shake out from there. Um, well, 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 fortunately, our listeners are saved from our further analysis of the ninth best player on the Celtics. What, <laughs> what, what makes you think I don't have hot takes on the ninth best player of the Celtics? I, I don't know why I didn't come in expecting that, but like he was rattling off names I've never heard of. You know all those right names. On. Don't lie. Don't lie. You know, you, I knew not every, know. you knew every single person we were talking about there. Do not lie. I knew Ojale. I know Langford. Who is the other one, though? I don't know whoever Aaron, else you're talking about. Aaron Neesmith, the guy we just rookie? took in the first round. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I stopped paying attention after the Wizards took the future <laughs> rookie of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, Celtics. And, and, yeah, so we, we don't have to go deeper with the Celtics in terms of our, <laughs> our, our, our deep bench. Uh, what's what's the vibe in, uh, in, in, in Washington from your vantage point in Chicago around uh, some of the, the offseason moves there? Positive. I have to say, like, I was – cautiously optimistic like five days ago and like every every podcast i've seen every article i've read like i'm a little less cautious not 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 like top tier of the east optimistic but like would need to be a disaster to not make the playoffs optimistic so I don't know. What's your guys' take of that? So that's kind of yeah. It's kind of where my head's at right now. Westbrook Kool Aid. I like it. I like it. Yeah. At least for one year. They're better than the Magic. Better than Magic. I think, I, they might, actually, I, th- I think they might be better than Indiana, to be honest with you. Maybe. What about the Hawks? Because the Hawks are the other popular yeah. new playoff team. Well, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a hot take on the Hawks, Hawks later, and it's not gonna be positive. <laughs> yeah. I'm negative. I'm negative on Atlanta. Yeah. So I f- I'm feeling like uh, I'm gonna quote all 82 game win totals a couple of like a lot of the professional media have been really sharp on the who's gonna be they're only playing they're, they're, they're only they're, they're only playing 72 yeah let's not do the yeah, conversion yeah, yeah exactly let's, 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 i don't know but an 82 win total i feel like 43 to 45 win range for the wizards that seemed reasonable i can't see the seventh seed yep. yeah in the east yeah seven or eight east it does maybe above indiana and like you know people always point out you never know like what like one of these teams Fingers crossed, not the Celtics, but you know, Embiid goes down for the year, or Durant gets hurt again, or so, you know, one of the, some team has some disaster. You know, it happens every year, so you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But at a minimum, it's gonna be better than the past couple of years. Yeah, like that. I mean, two 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 long years, the last two years, right after uh, after hitting, I guess a a mini peak with, with the roster um, in terms of the Beal Wall team, so. Probably probably had the ceiling, so uh, don't yeah, mind. Like that. if they weren't like if if they didn't want to trade Beal, which clearly they didn't. You know, you've got another year and a half to two years with him. This will max that out. It's you know they gave up what it, at, at worst is going to be like the twelfth pick or something with yeah. all the protections. So it's really not. I don't know. It did not feel like they gave up a whole lot. And now is it going to do much more than have one or two semi? extended years of a semi-fun peak probably not but you know it's better than uh missing the playoffs again <laughs> and you have a low and you have a lopez brother That's lopez exciting. brother yeah. and there's a little bit of like a little bit of depth it's a little like they have they have a bunch of seventh men now the problem is they have seventh men who are like their fourth men but you know <laughs> thomas bryant <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Um, I saw that um, Hachimura, I don't know if you guys saw this, missing three weeks with an eye infection in both eyes. So I guess I just, I went on a little, I uh, went on so a little ramble so there. He about, has, so he has pink eye in both eyes is what you're saying. It, it was a yeah. conjunctivitis was within the medical term, but it was something more extreme. So yeah, as much as I'm rattling around about some other team having the injury problem, maybe it's them because that's not, that's not the way you want to start off. Well, you, you, you missed Gibby referring to Jason Tatum with the word girthy earlier. Um, yeah, I, I, I was lost on the word to say. I wasn't buying his, the, 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 the talk that Brad Stevens says he's grown to 6'10". I thought he was 6'10". I, no. That didn't blow me away. 6'8", 6'9". They, they all wear shoes. You put, yeah, the, exactly. put the risers in. Give me a wedding. Like, adds two inches. Just like Who that. goes through growth spurts at 22, 23? That's just, that, Jason Tatum. Aren't you done with that? that? I don't Giannis. 
Giannis, right? I'm not saying I don't want it to happen. I just don't think it's realistic. That's all. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's let's move off Celtics and Wizards. Let's broaden our horizons to the NBA. Let's let's do a little three man weave roundtable. Other than tip off tomorrow, that's exciting. Feels weird because usually the season's up and running by now, but everything's weird these days. I guess what's the biggest thing that you're excited about, excluding Russell Westbrook? Uh, what's the biggest thing that we're we're excited about as, as the season's about to tip off? What's the big theme that that really captivates you? Is COVID Look, is COVID too obvious? Uh, no, I have a secondary one. <laughs> I will say it's kind of a COVID thing, but I'll make it a little more specific, which is I'm curious if there will be any fans come playoff time. And a little bit of a hot take, and I'm stepping on my to- my own toes of another surprise semi-negative team. But I kind of don't think enough got made of the lack of home court advantage within the bubble. Um, oh. I disagree with that, actually. Do you think too much got made of it, or there was well, I, I think it was brought up quite a bit. That Maybe. I mean, a, a lot. No, a, a lot of people said the Celtics wouldn't have beaten the Raptors in seven games if the, if that series That's had to be four games played Powell in Toronto. How would one three if we were yelling at him from five feet away? But whatever. I mean, it, yeah, you might not remember. A, you might not remember, but the Celtics Raptors series went as if if that yeah. was played in the, the actual arenas. All yeah. the away teams won every yeah. single game. That was weird. The Heat winning games one and two against the Bucks and the Celtics, like. Does that happen when there's fans? So probably not. When you think about the the playoff predictions and stuff, like take a team like the Bucks, which, like, I, I it I don't know. It's tough to see them losing two in a row to Miami with fans in Milwaukee. So then you say, okay, well we're not in the bubble anymore, so we got this season. Everyone's gonna be back home court. Bucks look like a one seed again. But what if there's no fans? Is it gonna be that much different? So that's what the big like. Again? Yeah. Yeah, or a bubble again. So that's a big wrinkle for me because I feel like the regular season will be a little – like not a lot of teams had major changes, top-tier teams. Like obviously you've got the Nets and there were some coaching changes and stuff like that. But it's not – you know, last year you had Davis to the Lakers, Kawhi and Paul George, a bunch of – more moving parts, call it. Um, so the, it seems like the regular season might be a little quiet, if you will, up until that point. So that's the big thing I'm like wondering about, like come – whatever it would be, April, will they start letting even like football is doing like 10 or 20% might be unrealistic. But, but even at that, how much home court advantage does that actually yeah. create? You Maybe know, not. at the end of the yeah. day, I don't think any really. Um, right. You hear every fan and what they yell, which will be, you, you know. could, that'd be comical. <laughs> um, Especially if you guys are there in Boston <laughs> coming through on national TV. Uh, Gibby, how about you? What, what, what's your big, big theme that, that you're on the watch for? Um, I mean, the, the obvious ones are, you know, I think the big one is watching the Eastern Conference now. Is there, is there, is there a new king in the East without them having really even played a regular season game together? Um, you know, the, the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving experiment. Um, I, me personally, maybe it's just a little bit too much to, you know, it's too fresh in my mind from the preseason game the other day. The Nets looked really, really good in their second preseason game. Um, you know, first time playing together, really, really good. Um, I'm not quite sure there's a team in the East that is as talented as them on paper. Um, you know, if Durant's playing the way he is, I hate to say this, uh, Kyrie Irving looked really, really good too, as much as I hate to say it. Him and his sage or whatever, um, or whatever, what do we say? Smush, whatever the hell. He was smudging. He was smudging, smudging. <laughs> smudging. Yeah, excuse <laughs> me, smudging. Him and his smudge. Um, you know, I do they finish first in the East? Uh, probably not. Um but they're pretty damn close. Maybe two, they maybe slip to two or three because they'll probably inevitably rest Durant. You would think, um, you know, in this first year coming off of it, Kyrie too. Um, but come playoff time. And again, when we're talking about a situation where there might not be any home court advantage, or if there is not, you know, a 10, 20% capacity, um, I find it hard to find any team in the East that could maybe, you know, match up with them. If they, if the regular season goes is what the early returns look like in Brooklyn. Um, you know that, and then my other question too, and I know this is also to go to one of the top seeds of the West. Did the Lakers get better? I think they did. Um, you, you, you know, everyone's saying last year maybe the Lakers aren't quite ready. You know, uh, you know to to be that Finals contending team, team two actually win a championship. They go and do it again. 
could you credit that to the bubble? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, but they still do. They still did it losing one of their, you know, their starting, you know, two guard, you know, Avery Bradley opted out before the start of the, um, you know, before the start of the bubble, but did they get better adding Dennis Schroeder? Um, you know, you, you added a six, you had two six men candidates to your roster in Montrez Harrell and uh, Dennis Schroeder. I think the Lakers absolutely got better. Um, and that's bad news for the rest of the West. Um, so I, I, I think those are the two things to watch. I think as long as LeBron stays healthy, as long as AD stays healthy, I don't see anyone knocking the Lakers off in the West. And we'll see. So, Laker, so Lakers got better. I agree with that. Put the Nets aside. They obviously got better. Is there any other team in call it the top four to five of either conference that feels like they got meaningfully better? I struggle with that one. Unless you're a big Teru Holiday fan. Yeah. And I'm not. I, I really don't think the Bucks got that much better. Um, I, I, I mean, you could you can knock Eric Bledsoe for you know whatever you you, you want to knock him for. Um, he did have his moments in the playoffs. He was certainly a Celtic killer at times. Um, George Hill played a big role for them coming out. Those are two guys you kind of got to replace. And I know you certainly upgraded your point guard position with Drew Holiday, but are you as deep as you were? Um, I'm not so sure. Now, if the whole Bogdanov, uh, the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal goes down with Sacramento and yeah. what a mess that is, they lost their second round pick today because they were, you know, tampering, so to speak. Um, you know, if that trade goes down, then maybe we're having a conversation that yes, Milwaukee might be as good as uh, the Bucks. That's, and you know, I think that that falling through was, was huge for Milwaukee in, in their quest to get better. They lose one of the Lopez brothers um you know so they get weaker kind of in the front court as well um you know I'm, I'm not quite so sure uh you know Milwaukee got better um Philly might be better because they certainly have someone who knows what he's doing on the bench for sure and Maury uh, and well yeah and Maury uh you know you got Seth Curry I think is a good fit for that team um you know I, obviously the Horford fit wasn't there so that was the right you know move shipping him out of town so there could be a little addition by subtraction there um but the big question hanging over the Sixers is the whole Harden situation, but that's another topic for another day. Um, but to answer your question, no, I don't think anyone in the East you could say got considerably better other than Brooklyn. Yeah. And I'd even, I, I extend that to the West too. Like Mitt, like, I don't think the, uh, the Clippers, I don't think are any better. Now, maybe to your point, there's a little addition with uh, subtraction, uh, whatever I'm trying to say with Harold leaving which they had clearly had some chemistry problems with but a lot of the other teams kind of like stood pat or at least didn't make big moves call it so yeah it's like are the lakers they didn't make any dramatic moves but they probably made as good of moves as anyone else which is interesting because usually there's like a team in that five six seven eight range that adds another huge name and jumps to the top it seems like that just didn't didn't happen too much yeah i mean if you're a nuggets fan maybe you count on michael porter jr making the leap but you know Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, those are some good, even Plumley. Like those are some pretty good players that uh, had to go for them to, to be able to, to get, get the roster that they wanted. So they would be, the Nuggets would be my pick for team that comes semi out of nowhere to win like 60 plus games, 60 plus on an 82 game schedule. So whatever, 50 games or something. But uh, yeah, but even that feels like you're asking a lot. Because you're, you're you're basically that's basically a bet that Porter's All Star level this year, which is maybe a little bit of a stretch, maybe not. Yeah, if they can if they can get him the minutes and find the role, uh, is 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 that are they your West surprise? Should we dive in, or do you have another a West team that will surprise? I had all, I had all negative teams prizes, which is maybe a 2020 thing, but no, that yeah, so they would be. I think they'll. I think them. Utah. Clippers and Lakers are a pretty solid top four for me in the West. I'd, I'd, I'd pretty much lock those in. My surprise, I think there's a pretty decent shot that the Warriors and the Rockets both miss playoffs. That'd be my little bit of little bit of a wild card bet. I wouldn't bet my life on it. But I think like, so those are four teams. And then beyond that, you've got Portland, Phoenix, Memphis, those two, maybe New Orleans. Dallas. So that's six, six more teams. What'd you say? Dallas. Yeah, yeah Dallas. Da- Dallas is not. Yeah, da- Dallas actually probably goes above all those teams. So you've got to call it seven teams going for, 
for six spots, including play-in. Like, so where is Rocket? You know, maybe they're there for the play-in. Rockets, it's extremely hard to predict. But I, I mean, how can you? Well, are you making are you making that assumption that Harden's there all year, or is Harden gone? Honestly, I don't know if my pick would change. Really, like Harden has been great on eight seeds in the past. Like they have had. I, it doesn't feel that way now because they've had three or four years of being pretty elite, but like, you know, bat, like they had a Dwight year where they were like 42 and 40 and yeah. he was putting up 30 a night. So I, I just, I wouldn't rule out him being there all year and it being super unhappy and they're only winning, you know, th- th- they're probably a, you know, six seed in the East, but the, those that's just a lot of competition. And if a couple of other, other of those teams hit, they could fall out. And like the Warriors, somewhat similar i don't know it's different to the extent they're probably a better chemistry situation but beyond curry it's hard to feel like great or that confident about anything else again they're not gonna be bad but you've just got a lot of teams in like that 40 to 46 win range so you know you get what like curry sprains his ankle for two weeks i don't know could get ugly yeah we, we saw we saw that team last year and it was ugly. yeah Draymond cannot obviously carry it himself. And uh, I don't think any of us are big Wiggins fans. Uh, no totally. Reason. So if you're going, if they were a 20 win team last year, and even if you're adding Curry, Wiseman, Wiseman, Oubre. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget Kelly Oubre. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> get, 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 tack on an extra two wins for, for <laughs> Kelly. But yeah, it's, you know, it's just tough to, it's tough to get to 45. But it seems, it seems crazy because I think a lot of people will look at that and say, well, Curry's back. Still got Draymond, you've got Curb, you know, infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. But it's just really hard to see what happened last year and look at adding some guys who just wouldn't be that compelling on other playoff teams and expect a whole lot. I'll, I'll throw in an, I'll throw in my West surprise, which might make it even more challenging for the uh, Warriors and, and Rockets to, to even make the playing game. I, I think I mentioned this over text. I, I see good things from Memphis, uh, the Grizzlies this year. I think. Morant still has a few levels to go um, between Jared Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks. And then I, I'm, I'm just like Danny Ainge, Justice Winslow. I, I just always see the potential with him. And uh, he was so good that you're at Duke. Uh, I was cool with Danny giving four picks for him. Um, he just hasn't been healthy. And um, th- maybe this is, of course, he's already injured. So uh, he's missing the start of the season, which is tough. But maybe this is the year he gets healthy. Can he be that point f- forward? Uh that's a fun team to watch. So the, the interesting thing to go back and look at too, like I was thinking about this a little bit, like, so you look at everyone's record from last year now and like Memphis, Portland, Phoenix, were all right around like 500, yeah. but you know, the bubble is weird. Like some teams really struggled with it. Other teams like really, really didn't benefit from it. But maybe handled it better than others. Memphis kind of struggled, as I recall. Phoenix, didn't they win every game in the bubble? Phoenix won every game. The Pelicans really struggled, but yeah. Portland, Portland went on like a huge run. Now, like Portland's probably better because they had injuries last year. But I do think between Memphis and Phoenix, who are like, oh, everyone's kind of jumping on those teams is making a jump. And everyone loves Phoenix now at Paul. Like, you know, Phoenix, couple, you know, they don't go on kind of a, a random hot streak at the end of the year. They're five wins below Memphis at least. Yeah, and, and they might not even make the bubble if uh, they don't want Zion in the bubble. They might even bring Phoenix. Yeah, bring Phoenix exactly. Another team you're not talking about the West that you just can't discount just because of their pedigree over the years. Um, you still got San Antonio in the West. I mean, I, and I know they finished outside the playoff picture, you know, this year too. But that's you, you can't ignore them. So I'm just I'm just saying there's another there's another team to add to this cluster that you're talking about. That's going to make, you know, making those last two spots in the West that more difficult. Um, yeah. Who's, who's, who's your West surprise, either, either positive or negative, Mike? My West surprise, positive or negative. Um, you know, I, I, this is kind of repetitive, but I was going to say Phoenix, you know, just with the, with the next step that they're going to, I think they're going to take. And I mean, everywhere Chris Paul's played for three different, he's going to be playing for three different teams in the last three years here and everywhere he's gone. You've seen obviously the the impact that he has on whatever team he goes to, so I don't see that being any different, you know, um, you know, in Phoenix at all. So I, I think Phoenix is that team in the West that you're that 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 they sneak in the playoffs. Don't be surprised. I won't personally be surprised by it. So let's so so I think we we all agree the two LA teams 
Denver, yeah. Utah, Dallas. I think Dallas is a fifth yeah. team. I forgot. So that's a solid five. Quick around the horn. And I know there's play in, so it could get a little screwy. But pick your next three, call it. I would I would probably pick Portland, Memphis, Phoenix, honestly. Those are probably nice. Uh, Portland, Golden State, Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. And it'll be, it'll, you could get a good dynamic like with yeah. these play in games. Like if you've got yeah. Golden State or Houston or even like San Antonio being the nine or 10 seed against the less experienced, you know, Memphis or something. So interesting. I thought the play in game was fun last year, the Portland Memphis game. Uh, did, didn't Morant score like 35? It was a fun game. Yeah. And tough, you know, yeah, yeah. It's tough to argue with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So some good stuff going on in the West. Um, how about the East? And I forgot to give my big theme to watch, but it was kind of repetitive to what you guys are saying. Like the East is the top of the East is going to be fun this year. You, you have Milwaukee, Giannis coming back, but they still got to prove themselves. Um, the Celtics we talked about at the beginning, uh, Brooklyn, we just talked about, haven't really talked about the heat very much, but you know, they won two games against the Lakers in the finals. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and then the Sixers, um, who definitely have a better infrastructure now, and we'll see what Doc and Maury can, can do. I think there's a trade to be made uh, within that organization, maybe not even a Simmons trade, but um, just cleaning up some of the pieces around around those two big guys. And if those two are, are coached the right way, then there, there could be something special there. So um, let's let's hear some of the, the surprises you think, either positive or negative, in the, uh, in the East. I know I've already kind of given mine, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait to, to go into more detail in a second. I'm glad you brought the heat up because um, can they duplicate that again? I'm not saying like get all the way to the finals again. And I, and I know there's, we've talked about, there were a lot of circumstances that allowed certain teams to advance the way they did in the bubble. And the heat may have been one of those beneficiaries, you know, the arguments were, Oh, they didn't have to travel very far. The bubble was in Florida, blah, blah, blah. Um, can they replicate that again? You know, was last year just like, within the team last year, was it just kind of their year? You know, I was going to kind of maybe mention this a little bit when we talked about Denver. A lot of things broke Denver's way, um, you know, especially in that especially in that series against the Clippers where the Clippers kind of just, you know, shot them, shot themselves in the foot. Um, you know, could you say that about the heat, you know, a little bit, you know, with with you saying how Milwaukee crumbled, you know, a little bit in, in that second round series, even though a lot of people were talking that, you know, the heat were a tough matchup for my uh, for. Milwaukee ended up being the case. Um, you know, can Jimmy Butler sustain that level that he played at last year? Um, you know, there's always been kind of some questions about Jimmy Butler. You know, you know, you, you know, is he can he be the guy on a team? And he proved last year, at least, that he certainly was and was playing like a top 10 player in the NBA. But can he sustain that? Um, you know, you got a little bit. I mean, they lost uh, Jake Jay Crowder left in free agency for Phoenix. Now, I'm not saying, you know, Jay Crowder is you know, a linchpin to success, but he certainly filled a role when he came over in, in the deal for Memphis, you know, midway through the year, they replaced him with Avery Bradley. Who's been a bit of a journeyman since he left the Celtics as moments. We know what Avery Bradley's, you know, you, you know, can bring to the table. I, I'm, I'm just not quite so sure that Miami can, you know, replicate that, you know, replicate that run that they came last year. Do they take a step back just because they really have nowhere else to go, but down you know, more or less in an East that's gotten better. Um, so, so, so if you're a Pat Riley, then then why not roll the dice up for James Harden? If, if, if you think, if, if you think they're at a ceiling, which I, I don't agree with you on, but if, if, if you thought that, then uh, maybe you do give up a Duncan Robinson and a Harrow and, and you throw in some, some cal salary. Cap and, and, and maybe they do because for right now, the Yana ship is sailed for them. You know, they had all their eggs in that Giannis basket. And then obviously for at least for the next couple of years, I think that's off the table. I think we can all agree that all, all their that. Eggs in the all their eggs in the basket because they make the NBA finals. You mean? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I know, I know you know what? I, the, well, finals. If they'd beaten the Lakers last year, whatever, they were game planning for Giannis. They kind of had a feeling they maybe had the best shot of anyone to lure him away from Milwaukee, and that's obviously not going to happen now. So, like you're saying, yes, that could reset. They could be. Trading for James Harden, whose beard is might just be slightly longer than yours right now, um, but uh, but but <laughs> that that is a place where you could. That's a very Pat Riley type move. So that's that's that that is the destination I think to to watch for him. 
Um, Jimmy Butler and James Harden. I, I don't know. I just, I, I really I don't know. I, I do not see that working. No. Um, two very mercurial individuals on the same team. I'm not quite so sure that that works. Um, but I, I, I just kind of look to see Miami kind of come back to earth a little bit. Um, you know, and, and, and I think another thing to watch is just to see how Philly kind of goes here. I mean, especially if we get two, three weeks into the season and they seem think things seem to be going well, do they totally abandon the idea and abandon ship on this James Harden idea? Um, and just kind of see if this Simmons, if Doc can make this Embiid Simmons thing work with, with this group. Um, if I'm the Sixers, I'm apprehensive. Not that I'm the biggest Ben Simmons fan in the world, but I'm apprehensive to give him up for a James Harden. I am just because of how young he is. And if you have the right guys around Ben Simmons, they haven't constructed that roster effectively in the last couple of years. I think you got to try to make that work in the next year to let Daryl Morey try to work his magic there. And I just don't think trading for James Harden is the right route to go for them. Um, so I think that's the, that that's to kind of see if, if it, will, will the heat kind of come back to earth and will the Sixers kind of live up to the expectations that a lot of people have had for them the last couple of years. I think that those are the kind of the two big storylines to watch. I think the Sixers are in a really tough spot. I agree with everything you said. I would, I would also add that I don't know that the Harden and Bede dynamic is going to work a lot better than a Harden Butler dynamic would. Um, I think it's not a coincidence that Daryl Morey went there and five minutes later, they're heavily in the mix for James Harden. And I, but I agree with everything you said. I think it's, it's kind of problematic. I have a lot of trouble seeing Harden work on frankly, virtually any other team just because of how unique Houston style has been. And it's just particularly like mid season or, or like say it's a year from now and it's the, and he's an expiring it's just very hard to see him playing with other stars and that working quickly. Now, maybe it could work over time and work with the right coach or whatever, but between Maury's clear interest, I think too, like, you know, maybe, but it's hard to see Philly like working right off the bat, like a well-oiled machine, I guess, just new coach, new players. So I, I do worry a little bit, Again, because I don't think it would it would work out great for them long term, but I do worry that a month into the season they're going to look so so. But Maury's got kind of the itchy trigger finger going here, and yeah, that that would be a prediction of mine that I, I think Harden probably ends up there, um, and I don't think it I don't think it will work out. It'll be fascinating to watch, and I, I mean, I think they did some decent work that this off season. I mean. Danny Green, we talked about Seth Curry, um, you know, Tybal hopefully continues to get better. The, the, the Toby Harris issue is a big issue that they're going to have to figure out. Um, I'm not sure how they figure that one out, but. They're really high on the maxi kid they took in the first round on, and uh, from Kentucky. Sounds like um, you know, they, that's like, you up. <laughs> no, 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 but sir, like that's a couple, that's a couple drafts in a row where they've had late first round picks where they've kind of hit, you know, hit with Tybal. I think, you know, we'll see if they hit on Maxi. I think they've, I think they've drafted pretty well in the last couple of years. It's just every other move hasn't necessarily, the Horford one certainly wasn't the right move for them. Uh, Harris. Um, and, well, yeah, the, the Harris trade, the Harris, the, the Harris Max extension, all of that is certainly um, in the questionable column to, uh, for sure. But, um, you know, just kind of give the roster a little bit to see if, you know, it, it, I think it's better. It's actually, it, it's, it's much more well-constituted than it was last year. Back to your Harden point about does it work? I mean, of any of the places that they're talking about or rumoring James Harden to go, you would, you know, come, uh, when I say common sense, you know, people in the NBA would think, well, if there's a coach that's going to get through to him, is it Doc Rivers? But at the same time, Doc Rivers isn't in the, with the Clippers anymore because Kawhi and Paul George were done with him. So, that 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 stance might be a little bit overrated too. So I, I I think I think anyone that says you know Doc could be the James Harden whisperer if he was to come to Philly, not so sure about that. Well, and really, what happened in Houston is you had you had Daryl basically handpicked Harden, 
seemingly, uh, who knows what happened, seemingly handpicked Harden to play a style that Maury felt should be played and then handpicked a coach who was a coach who would coach to the style that Maury wanted to play and Harden was suited to play. So like, it's just, it, it comes back to that. It's a lot of catering to a particular style, skill set, approach, et cetera, that not a lot of other teams seem to want to do. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it feels like you have a ceiling with James Harden as your best player. Uh, I mean, as a Celtics fan, we'd have to give what, Mike, like Smart and Jalen Brown probably for yeah. him? Like, we I, don't know if, I don't know if that makes you better. Yeah, you have a low floor or a high floor, but low ceiling. So I don't think that's We'll see, um, but you never know. And and, and uh, what the offense that Brad Stevens run um, isn't remotely close to what Houston has tried to do the last couple of years. No. So you, t- you talk about an oil and water mix right there. It's Brad Stevens and James Harden. Well, and plus there's probably a James Harden, Tristan Thompson thing, right? I don't know all the Kardashian connections. But <laughs> That's right. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I didn't think about that. I, well, that. I think it, it would also stunt Tatum's development too. Like, you know, I, I think that, sure. that, you know, he'd be sure. the biggest, he'd be the biggest loser in the whole thing. Um, and I'm, I'm not quite sure I'm, I'm ready to do that. I, I know there are a lot of people that subscribe that top five players in the NBA don't come available very often. And that is true. Um Maybe it's a, maybe it's because I'm still a little sore and burnt and feel kind of um, you know betrayed by what happened with the Kyrie Irving situation. Maybe that's why I'm very anti Harden. Is Harden better than Kyrie Irving? Yes, you know. But I, I just I, 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 I Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. I'm just uh, I'm not sure if that now if now I, this would never happen. Would I be willing to take the shot if it was something centered around Kemba Walker? The Rockets aren't doing that. They just got John Wall. They're not going to take another guy who gets stem cells injected. No, in. but I'm but I'm just saying, like, if if if, it, if 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 that's what you're talking about, you know, something centered around him, not you happening. know, it's not happening. Then maybe I think about it. But uh, I, I'm not giving I'm not giving up Jalen Brown for James Harden. I know that sounds crazy, or but I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm not well for that trade. Brown's the focal point. And I'm, I'm, it would have to it would have to be both to make salaries work. Yes. But Brown's the focal point, and I'm not. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, it'll be a fascinating subplot to watch. Um, my 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 quick disappointment in the East uh, is going to be Atlanta Hawks. I, I, I love these. How like, can you be a disappointment when you're not even a playoff team? <laughs> Have you read anything about them? It's it's they won the off season. No, they did not. They got Rajon Rondo, Rondo and Danilo Gallinari. And Danilo Boy- yeah. Gallinari, Chris Dunn. You haven't seen a, a healthy Clint Capella on this floor yet. Um, it's ridiculous. I mean, Trey Young, like, let's let's win more than twenty games, guys, before you start going crazy. I think Cam Reddish is trash. Um, so you, you, you don't you don't have me uh, bought in um, on that one. So, but people are people are picking them, you know, seven seed things like that. Which I, well, I think I mean, if Russell Westbrook doesn't end up with the with the Wizards, um, you know, if Kevin Durant. Um, you know, all of us, you know, I mean, if, if you forget the fact that Brooklyn's been injected with a healthy Kyrie Irving and a healthy Kevin Durant, if those two things don't exist, then maybe you could talk about the Hawks, but that just adds two teams into them. I know Brooklyn made the playoffs last year, but I mean, that, that adds two teams into the mix that just make it that harder to, to sneak into the playoffs and in the East. Yeah. So I, I think the argument could be made if that way, if you put the Hawk, this Hawks team in last year's East, you could maybe make the, you could maybe make the argument, but that's not the case this year. Yeah, I agree. Any, do we, do we hit anyone? Any other East surprises, disappointments? I got, I got two, I got two minor ones. Well, one of them's the Heat, who we talked about. Which, I, to be honest, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I was, I was kind of thinking the same, same tune as, as Gibby. Like, didn't totally believe the bubble was real. We had 70 games last year that showed us that they were a good, not great playoff team. And then three magical weeks with the home court thing and favorable matchups, blah, blah, blah. At the same time, now as we're talking about it, just to go kind of contrarian, I think we would all agree, talent-wise at least, the Bucks and the Nets are the clear top two teams in the East. Does that sound fair? I think so. Unless Tatum... But- Makes the leap, but yeah. Yeah. So then I would say that there's a group of three, which I would put as Boston, 
Miami, Philly. I'd probably put them in that order right now. But point being, I wouldn't, but I appreciate it as a Celtics fan. You put point being, I don't think like people are jumping the heat either. I don't think they got a lot better. But again, with the exception of Brooklyn, none of the other teams in that mix, I think, jumped up either. So then you're in an interesting like, so let's just say they're the three seed. I think they still would match up pretty well with Milwaukee and you'd have to like them if they were to face particularly without home court, Brooklyn's maybe a different story, but, um, but yeah, it is interesting. It'd be interesting to see. And, and I would hope somewhat similar to the Philly situation, like give it two months and see what are up with, with Bam and with hero. Yeah. You know, like hero in particular, who I think had his best ball in the bubble if he's that bubble guy, it might be a different story. If he's somewhere in between the guy in the bubble and the guy in the regular season, then maybe they're a little bit of a step down. I does, Duncan Rob- one- does, Duncan, does Duncan Robinson also hit? Does one of the two of them hit a sophomore slump? Like you said, that's inevitable. Yeah. You know, yeah. We talk a lot. We saw it with Jason Tatum. You've seen it with some players before where they kind of, you know, don't live up to the expectations in year two that they live up, that they kind of performed at in year one. Um, right. Uh, plus guys getting thrown in trade talks. Like that's always a little bit of a variable that you never quite know what'll, what'll happen along those lines, Indiana, who I think Gibby, you alluded to as maybe a little bit of a risk of falling out, like two things I don't like, or, or give me a little pause with them. One is the, the trade talks like miles Turner feels like it's been shopped around for like 18 months at this point. Oladipo has been in trade talks. Oladipo had a weird year last year where he came back, kind of looked nothing like the guy from, from two years ago. He's an expiring plus second fact is they got a new coach who uh, I think is coming from Toronto. I think this was a Nick nurse assistant that no one's ever heard of. And it just seems like you could have a lot of guys who are kind of looking at the next stop plus a new coach coming in, trying to set a new tone. You know, Indiana has been a team in the past couple of years that I think is always their record always looks a little bit better than you kind of feel like it should. So you just kind of wonder again, like you've got a bunch of other teams in the East that feel more stable and, you know, are they going to completely fall apart? Maybe not, but but could they be close to 500 and then have a couple guys that were looking to ship out anyway and, and pull the plug and, and all of a sudden they, they fall out of the playoff picture. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be stunning, I guess, if I had to pick yeah. one. You, you also have Sabonis coming back from injury and you have TJ Warren thinking he should take 25 shots a game, which <laughs> uh, he had a little hot streak there. Uh, probably don't need that again, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, no, I, I think what you're saying there has some, has some, has some certain credibility to it. Um, they really wanted Gordon Hayward. They absolutely wanted Gordon Hayward, and they were trying to do everything they possibly could to make that signing trade work. I do firmly believe that. Um, it's just Danny Ainge wanted Tristan Thompson for two years and 18 as opposed to, you know, three years and 18 a year for Miles Turner. You know, I, you know that, that, was, that was a big hang-up there. Um, yeah, they really wanted to bring Hayward in. And like you said, some of those guys probably, probably don't feel too good about that. So... Um, yeah, I, I, I think you're spot on there. Yeah. I mean, they haven't got out of the first round in the last five years. The last two years have been swept. Um, so it feels like, yeah, they're hitting, they're hitting a place where maybe this is the year where they, uh, two years, they two years ago, they got swept by that dysfunctional Celtics team. Hayward was great in that series. Um, that is actually a team. This would almost definitely not happen. And he would almost definitely not resign. That is actually one of the few playoff level teams that I could see a hard and trade making sense for if you did Oladipo and Houston just said, if he's great again, great. And we got him. If he's not, it's an expiring. And then on the Indiana side, their only other kind of ball handlers, Brogdon who has experience playing off the ball from Milwaukee. They've got some big men like that. I could see that working. I don't know. And, and Indiana doesn't sign free agents anyway. <laughs> As the Gordon Hayward thing is kind of evidence too. So that would be an interesting one in my mind, like just swing for the fences. And if it doesn't work, Pat, to your point, you weren't getting out of the first round anyway, but at least give it a shot. Well, I think it seems unlikely. It. And I can't imagine they're on James Harden's list, but 
one of the few teams I could see it working out for. You, you don't see James Harden uh, enjoying the nightlife in Indianapolis. <laughs> I don't, but you know, that story, uh, that ESPN story about how he just goes to Vegas on off days anyway, it's got, I don't know, two and a half hour flight, three hour flight, maybe it's doable. Midwest. You're, you're on, you're onto something there because those are picks that would be valuable to Houston. You know, you got to yeah. think it's a plethora of first round picks. You're two down the line. You're going to want Indiana's first round picks. So you don't have your 24, your 26, and you have a couple swaps in there that you're all yes. getting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I think we've covered most of the league. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap with our predictions. Um, don't have to do the entire playoffs. Uh, just want to hear who you have coming out of the East, who you have coming out of the West, who you have winning it all. If you want to sprinkle in what that Western conference final matchup is in Eastern conference, you, you can go do that. But uh, mostly just want to hear who's, who's coming out of the, the two conferences and who do you have winning? Who wants to kick us off? Let I the guests go first. Let the guests go first. So I'd go, I'll go Bucks over Nets in the East Ooh. with with the with the caveat that if there are no fans, that could be a little bit of a difference maker. But I do, you know, easy to hate on the Bucks after the way the bubble ended, but they've been 65 plus win team for two years. I, they've got the continuity that I'd probably pretty pretty safely pick them as the one seed again. So that's at least a little bit of an advantage um, and a, a little bit of faith, I guess, and this might just be the, the, the warm heart in me or something, but Giannis re-upping, I think it's going to be a good vibe with that team. I think it's sort of the opposite of an Indiana situation where you've got guys who know they're together. People are going to love Giannis coming back. It's, it's just going to be a good vibe. Um, Brooklyn, I think we'd all agree the talent's there. I think we'd all agree that the, the Durant, Kyrie thing you guys can attest this with experience like Kyrie tends to look great at the start and things can fade away so I I worry a little bit about what that team looks like over the course of the year and then West chalk pick but I'd say Lakers over Nuggets again Um, not really much more to say beyond what we've just talked about and I'd go Lakers over Bucks in the uh, in the finals I think number five for LeBron five for LeBron two for the Lakers it's rare when you kind of look at the last 20, 30 years, it's rare that you have quote unquote standalone title teams. Like there've been a couple of those, like Toronto was obviously one, Dallas was one, but usually these come in, in bunches and it just, Lakers seem to have gotten better. There's not a lot of signs that LeBron or certainly Davis are getting any worse. I don't think there's a lot of signs that there's other teams in the West that are ready to jump up uh, at their level quite yet. So yeah, I'd, I'd go Lakers over Bucks. Yeah, and that Raptors one like Kawhi left after it, so yeah, was doing <laughs> All right, good pick, Gibby. What do you got? Um, well, I, I'm going to stick with my theme that I was talking about at the top when we started talking about the storylines to watch. I think Brooklyn does come out of the East. I think they figure it out, and I think they're God, you're playing well. Play. Oh my God! Nah, it, it pains me. It's really hard. It's really, <laughs> really, 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 really hard to do it. But I just gotta <laughs> kind of go with what my gut is right now. Um, you know, I, I hear what you're saying about Giannis, but I need someone other than Giannis to perform well in a playoff series on the Bucks yeah. that um, doesn't come in a series against the Celtics. Um, so, <laughs> right. uh, so in, in, until that happens, I'm not quite sold on Milwaukee's playoff success. Um, but, uh, I, I'm going to go with, uh, Mil- Milwaukee coming out of, coming out of the, uh, coming out, not Milwaukee, I'm sorry. Uh, Brooklyn coming, <laughs> Brooklyn coming out of the East. You know, what's funny. Just one thing, just before we, I, I give you my West pick, and I'm not saying that Brooklyn's necessarily going to beat this team in the Eastern conference finals, but we haven't mentioned the Toronto Raptors once. The are times. Uh, now, now I know that, but I just feel like we need to before before we're done here. I know they lost Serge Ibaka to LA to the Clippers. Um, I know um, Marcus Gasol now plays for the Lakers. They replaced Gasol with Aaron Baines, which I think, if you're comparing just Gasol and Baines, you've improved that position. But at the same time, you've lost Ibaka, so that's a tough thing to replace. But I just don't think you can discount the Raptors at all as being. You, you talked about. Uh, you, you talked about Brooklyn. You talked about Milwaukee being in that top tier. Then your next tier, you had Celtics, the Heat, the Sixers. I think you got to put Toronto in there until they're not. Yeah, I think they yeah. just, they're a team that I'm not saying they would be. They're a team that could sneakily get to like an Eastern Conference Finals, depending on what the matchup is, depending on what the situation is with home court. Because uh, that's obviously a team that plays very well at home. Um, I mean, they were, they were, they were another like, 
Dwight Powell ridiculous ten point like last five minute stretch from from making the Eastern Conference Finals last right. year. Right. Exactly. So um, so yeah, that's as, as a team. I just felt needed to be needed to be mentioned before we we finished our little preview here. But uh, no Nets coming out of the uh, out of the East. I think we finally get our Clippers Lakers conference finals that I think we've been we wanted we thought was coming last year I think you know Ty Lu at the helm you know gives kind of the fresh not fresh face because he was sitting right next to Doc but anyway um, you know you get the coach in there that I think certainly has the blessing of Paul George Kawhi Leonard obviously adding Serge Ibaka to the to the mix I think he's going to be a, a huge plus for them um, and but I don't see them getting past the Lakers though in, in, in the conference finals. And I think you've got, um, again, this hurts me to say picking Kyrie to come out of the East, picking LeBron to come out of the West and win the finals. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, I don't know why I'm even going to pay attention to this NBA season. So <laughs> you have winning. I said the Lakers. I said oh, the Lakers. Yeah. 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 Lakers. Wow. Yeah. LeBron coming out of the West and winning. Yeah. Like I don't know you. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up here. I also have the Bucks coming out of the East for a lot of the reasons Kepler mentioned. Um, I, I have them over the Celtics, so I do have the Celtics making a little wow. bit of a Which would be who's, four Eastern Conference. Who's the, who's, who's, the green, who's the green teamer this year? In the finals. I just, no, I, I'm just I saying. They won the last four years. Playing the role of Mike Gibson is Pat Toomey this year. I'm <laughs> saying. Just having the okay. Celtics in the final four. I just, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's a bad let's talk about how many playoffs the last few years that both Kyrie and Durant have missed. Uh, that's, that's, that's my one. That's not it's a very good point. You, there is. Yeah. You, you make, you make that sound logic, Pat. It is. <laughs> but, um, I, I do, I do feel that bucks are a terrible matchup for us um, as a Celtics and I, I don't yeah. see us getting past Giannis. Uh, and then out of the West. Um, you don't think, you don't think Tristan Thompson kind of slows him yeah. down a little bit. It's a different type of presence. What have we said? What, what have we talked about how the Celtics bigs just have been bad matchups? I think they finally have a big. That's not, I mean, there's no good matchup for Giannis, but it's better than any matchup that we've had recently. I mean, I like Tristan banging with banging down low with like Embiid, but I mean, Giannis is a different player. Um, I, I'm not saying that there's, he has no kryptonite. I understand that, but I'm just saying it's a better, we finally have a, a five player that, is what we're looking for. As much as you and I both love Daniel Tice at times, Tice is, nice. Tice is nice. Yes. But Thompson's just a bit better. Let's just say that that can be the line. Um, but yeah, no, you're, what you're saying is true, but I think, I mean, we don't, we don't have to break it. We don't have to break it down, but you probably like holiday over an injured Walker. Um, yeah. There's a Tatum and Brown. Well, Danny, Danny Ainge liked holiday over an injured Walker. I think, I think those rumors were true. I think so too. Um, so out of the West, this is going to get some laughs. I, I think Luca makes the jump this year. I like, oh, wow. God. I like wow. the Mavs coming out over the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Rick Carlisle doesn't have enough timeouts to get to the Western Conference Finals, <laughs> let alone the uh, NBA Finals. He's done it before. He's done it before. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I know they don't have the supporting cast, but um, I don't know. I think Doncic is special. And at some point, LeBron has to get banged up, right? At some point, he's going to have a little ailment. He's got to he's gonna have something happen to him. Um, this might be the season. Very short rest. I know they're going to monitor him, but he's put a lot of miles on that body. And this this is a, this is a season where he does not have a ton of time to rest and, and get back on things. Um, put a little too much faith in the zinger, I think. He's looked good when he's healthy. Um, and, That's uh, the big if right there. I'm not, I'm not so crazy enough to pick the Mavs to win at all. So I do have the Bucks uh, winning. And I think, well, I think as, as an NBA community, I think we can all celebrate that if that's, uh, if that does come to pass. Bucks, that is, that's a good call. Like Bucks, I don't know. You guys, you guys would obviously like that more than the Lakers and the Nets. I think it'd be hard to find a casual NBA fan who would not support the Bucks winning, particularly after Giannis Rudolphin. Especially as we think about a friggin' Nets Lakers final. Good God, oh, not anything, anything to avoid that. I thought the Heat Laker was bad enough. Uh, the LeBron <laughs> teams. Do we have to get a Bucks one? Um, all right. Well, it's been fun. We'll have to uh, continue the conversation. I think the first Celtics Wizards game. I think it's the first week of January. I don't think we have to wait too long. Um, oh, that's not bad. We'll see. We'll see how many of the players we talked about will be playing. Um, I don't think we have a lot of but. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully Probably we're, not. Uh, hopefully we're seeing the the Westbrook and the Bertans 
Um, exactly. Yo and Tatum represented St. Louis as best they can. Uh, <laughs> Dino Raj's cousin, Denny. What are you talking about? I, Denny, Avija, uh, Dino Raja, they kind of sound Avija, like Yeah, I definitely cannot pronounce his last name yet. Uh, I got to work on that in the next 24 hours here. Dino's a Hall of Famer. Don't, don't slander <laughs> Dino Raja. I, have a, I, I had a book. I, I found a book from my old bedroom that had NBA. It was an NBA, like the stars of tomorrow book. Dino Raja's in that book as one of the stars of tomorrow. Just wanted to share. Well, you can't, you can't get them all right. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right. Well, excited for the tip off and uh, let's, let's go Celts. Let's go Wizards. We'll see how the season goes. Yeah. Have a good one, guys.